everybody. Welcome back. You were listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Ross, Xbox Live Toaster360. My partner in crime, Steve, Xbox Live Steveovich, is also here, as always. And it has been quite the uh, eventful week in episode 186 today, August 15th, 2020. We're going to be doing things a little differently this episode just because... There have been so many meaty stories that have come out this week that uh, we're going to actually kind of forego the typical movie news, gaming news kind of thing. We are going to catch up with each other, but after that, we're just going to take each story at a time by itself and be able to properly analyze and chat about it. Um, To give you an idea, though, we are going to be covering Epic Games' battle against Apple and Google. We're going to be talking about Legends of Runeterra's new region expansion, Cyberpunk 2077 Night City Wires Episode 2 content. Now, you can fast forward to any of these segments uh, at your leisure if you want to look at the timestamps located in the detailed section below of your provider. But uh, I, for one, am very much looking forward to speaking to you, Steve. Uh, with each one of these topics, because I was I was blown away, honestly, as the week progressed and these stories started coming out. I'm thinking, man, there is there's a lot of moving and shaking going on. There is, uh, maybe for the better, maybe for not so better, but yes, uh, we'll we'll get to it in just a minute. But first of all, uh, yeah, happy weekend. Happy weekend to you. We, uh, it's going to be a scorcher today. It is? It's going to be like mm, 106. 106 plus humidity. Yep. That, which means it's probably going to feel like 112. Outside. You want a tan? Mm, I would love a tan. Unfortunately, I think I would just turn into a tomato instead. The wife and I were supposed to go on a hike. We might still go on a hike. But um, I said, <laughs> I brought up. Maybe we ought to put it off for the day because there's there's comes a point where you're outside and you're like, oh, you're, you're feeling good. But if it's just like a, a trudge just to get to where you're going or back to the car <laughs> to get water. There tends to be some. It builds endurance, mm, doesn't it? it? Well, it builds endurance, it builds but it's stamina. almost like it's it, it, the, the pleasure of the hike <laughs> is lost when you're just trying to survive and find water. Well, I, so. I would also add to that, Steve, that in those types of temperatures, you run the risk of getting monkey butt. Have you had the uh, the experience Actually, of monkey butt yet, Steve? Everybody was telling me, oh, you moved to Texas, you're going to get monkey butt. <laughs> I have not gotten monkey butt, Russ. Well, I think that that is terrific, Steve. I am envious of your butt. I never <laughs> thought I would say that, but here I am. So am I. <laughs> But yeah, like for those out there who are unfamiliar with that, I mean, like essentially when you're in hot, humid, wet, sticky environments, and especially when you decide you're going to be active outside and you decide to, I don't know, go for a walk or a jog, or you decide you're going to be playing some football, or I don't know what you're going to do. Your butt comes alive. (sighs) Your butt gets really chafed due to the amount of friction and the moisture, and therefore the, uh, the kind of the inside of the cheeks. (laughs) turn bright red, therefore looking almost like the hiney of a baboon. Hmm. Monkey butt. Welcome to Texas. Haven't said that's happened to me, Russ, and I check my butt out every (laughs) night. 
Steve, <laughs> unfortunately, it has happened to me, and I learned that early on when I came here back in 2012. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I, I, I was very much an, an outdoorsy kind of man. I enjoyed my walks. No longer. If I do any walking, it's inside in the air conditioning. Yeah, because, up and down uh, the stairs. I tell you what, it, uh, it's a brand new sensation, and it kind of causes you to walk in a very odd manner. But all the other Texans walk around, so I think it's something you got to get used to. Maybe. Maybe you're, well, not like you just have to like put up with it, but I mean like your body will. <laughs> Once you muscle your past yeah. the uh, pain. I, I would think your body would, what, acclimate to the environment? Evolve. Sure. Sure, yeah. Maybe, At some well, point. I, I, maybe it's like a body type thing. Like, I wonder if I'm more oily than you, Steve. That is gross. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think so, Russ. No, you don't think I so. I think <laughs> the competitive nature in me says that I <laughs> am more oily than you. Well, then I don't know what it is. But, uh, well, okay, let me, let me riddle me this. When you guys go out, do you do long? Yeah, you do. You do long distance walking. Yeah. Well, but, have, but have you done long distance walking in this type of heat? Not in this type of heat. We went out last weekend. We did about three miles. But that's like a mile and a half, mile and a half, you know, to and to and from. Hmm. Well, um, I, I, I wish you luck, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, and that was um, an elevated hike as well. I, if yeah, if I can even say that in Texas, it was like, oh, it's one of the highest points. I'm like, no, oh, this was like <laughs> a hill, uh, like a a, a flower mound in uh, California. I was going to say it's not even really a hill; it's a, it's yeah. a, a patch of dirt. That's yeah. Kind of- <laughs> Stacked up on top of each other, but they had some stairs like walking up to it. Um, so I mean that it was a it was a path. I'm three feet higher than I once was. Yeah, so getting up in the nosebleed section in Texas. <laughs> so that was uh, I mean that was fun. the way back was rough. The way there was was fine, but it was it was pretty darn hot. I didn't I didn't even look and see what how uh, how hot it was. I think it was like 96, mm-hmm. but I could have been yeah 96 plus humidity. Might have been higher. This year actually has not been as hot. That's what everybody tells me the last three years. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's hot and you sweat and you come back in, take a shower, you're good to go. You're like, yeah, <laughs> it's a mild summer. It's usually not like this. And then next summer happens. I'm like, yeah, it's hot. But I mean, like, I'm, I'm not going to go out and do a marathon, triathlon, you know, in this heat. But I mean, I will say two years ago, I thought the summer was pretty darn hot. I remember um, going to lunch with uh, colleagues and stuff, and we'd make a, a walk from the office over to like a restaurant or something. 2018. <clears throat> yes. I think 2018 was was noticeably hot. It was hot in like specifically, I thought it was hotter in Dallas specifically than where we are outside of Dallas. Correct. Because I remember going, I like taking a break from the the jobby job, mm-hmm. walking outside and checking the phone. See, you know, it's kind of hot. How hot is it? And it was a hundred and thirteen degrees. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's why I'm sweating. And I've only been out here for thirty seconds. You look at the pavement. Even the pavement's going <gasps> water. <laughs> man, so <laughs> I take pity on you, pavement, and I will spit on you. <laughs> Twee. So anyhow. Um, we'll see how it goes. We might still go today, but I we were, we were supposed to go today, but then I I was looking at the weather. I don't know. We, we might still go. I put it off to tomorrow. If 
plans change. Today is going to be a house cleaning day. Russ, a house cleaning day. Exciting thing of cleaning your house. Indeed. Which means I. It is therapeutic. It. I would say vacuuming is therapeutic. Um, washing dishes, not therapeutic, Russ. <laughs> not therapeutic. I, but vacuuming but, but is... But like when it's all said and done and you look how clean and organized everything is, that's what I mean by the therapeutic part of it. Where you're yeah. Because like, like for me, like I get stressed out uh, if the house becomes increasingly in disarray and it kind of creeps up on me. It doesn't just happen all of a sudden. For me, it, it, like I find myself over time all of a sudden just feeling kind of on edge and weird and suddenly I realize, oh, it's because of the the huge chaos that is my house. And so then once it gets clean, it's like, you can literally feel like just, oh, stress just kind of I see that, goes away. But at some point, like, so here's, not painting a pretty picture for myself, but I'm being real. So like sometimes- <laughs> Well, I already told everybody yeah. I have monkey butt, <laughs> yeah, so. Really. And you're oily. Um, <laughs> so what I'll do is like, I'll do laundry, for example. And then I will fold laundry. And then I'll get distracted and do other things. And then the week will start and I'll, I'll go to work and come back. And like lately, I've had, I mean, I've, I'm telling you, I've, you know, I had to go to the doctor. Doctor found something in my stomach. Might not be serious, but like, you know, my my blood pressure is up. How you sure, doing? Sure. And uh, Woo doctor, saw, Steve. Woo saw. And so <laughs> we bought a we bought a little heart, uh, like a, the, the, what is it? What is it called? The thing that you squeeze in your arm and. It's like a heart every, every time thing. you ask, I always draw a blank, and I have one too. It's like you, it's the blood pressure strap runner yeah, thing. Yeah, so that thing we bought one from Costco, and so I've been doing that all week. And the the, the conversation topic of the week is: so, what's your blood pressure at, honey? Oh, yeah. oh, that's nice. And so <laughs> my my health has been at the, the forefront of my mind. And so the pile of folded clothes has been on the same spot the entire week, Russ. And now it's Saturday again. The folded clothes. Why are the so folded clothes in the same spot? Steve? I did laundry and I folded the laundry. And then at some point after folding the laundry, we got distracted and went out and did something. And then I don't know. For a the week? week? No, well, the week happened. And yeah, so the clothes have been sitting there. And I look at them like, I need to put those away. <laughs> and, and I keep on walking by them. And uh, it's because other things just are coming to my mind. Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. It's pretty terrible. So like today. You need to carpe diem those clothes, Steve. Right. I need to seize the day. Put those clothes away. But now it's laundry day again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so did the pile of clothes get used and kind of mutate into a dirty pile of no, clothes? No, it did not mutate into a dirty pile, but the pile has shrunken. Because, okay, because here's what You happens. only have like one pair of underwear left, huh? I Everything else is dirty and used uh, in its own nasty heap. I have three pairs of underwear. Oh. But, um, so I'll wake up. Like in the, in the morning when I'm going to work, I, I know my routine. And so even though I'm a zombie, I know exactly what I need to do. I need to get up. I need to get put on clothes. I need to make coffee. And I need to leave the house. <laughs> and so. <laughs> Not necessarily in that, in that order. Yeah, really. Um, I've <laughs> you got, arrive naked at everyone. You're just like, oh, yeah, coffee. Oh, man. Well, there's You're been, like in the break room naked with a coffee mug. Or going, Why is everyone looking at me? I got in the clothes. Just give me a second. You're, um, you're not even ashamed. You're like, <laughs> one of those days. <laughs> so there's been times where I'm driving and I get to work and I go, 
I'm forgetting something. What did I forget? <laughs> and then it would be like deodorant. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, that I've part of me with my routine is I will see the pile of clothes. I'll go, okay, well, what can I do to take from the pile to make the pile go away? Oh, I need a shirt and socks and underwear. I've got a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it over the week so yeah. it is like I'm making progress. Exactly. Only so- <laughs> it comes back to haunt me at the end of the week. Exactly. And so, uh, yes, I've made progress. And then I get home thinking, i got to put that away. And then I'll get distracted with, like, dinner. <laughs> And it's not you actually making the dinner, it's you eating the dinner. That's right. You get distracted by your gut. Yes. You're like, oh, I must eat now. And that reminds me. <laughs> Here, here's This is going to be a healthy how you doing. That reminds me, Russ, what's in my gut, what's mm. in my abdomen, mm-hmm. might be that I've snacked too much the wrong way. What are you talking about? As in, I told you last... I told you before that the doctor... I know, I, I'm, yeah, I know okay, about yeah, okay, what okay, they... Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. No, no, I'm wondering what you're what you're alluding so, to. So, well, I'm about to tell you. So, there, you know, I wake up at night because I can't sleep, mm-hmm. and I'll snack. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, okay, what, are you, what should I snack on? Lately, I've been snacking on seaweed, which has been awesome. Like, you'll baked seaweed. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> change your life. It changed your life. But before, I would get, like, chips... You know, just something to throw. Dog food. Yeah, dog food, you whatever. <laughs> and so, <laughs> whatever I can get my hands on, that you know, goes those down. fish sprinkles you put <laughs> in the aquarium, those are actually pretty good for a midnight snack. <laughs> Tastes just like donut sprinkles. A little tangy. Um, <laughs> now I know why the fish are so happy. <laughs> so. Catnip, yeah, they seem to like it. I figured out why I tried. Anyhow, um, I've been eating too much salty food. Is what it comes down to. And well, then, Steve, you're a salty kind of guy. And then during the day, I'll, I'll I'll just run to the store and grab something I can heat up. Those have a lot of salt in them too, like mm. 450 milligrams mm. or more. And so this is like a chunk of could be allegedly salt and like absorbed water like slush and it's formed a hard spot in my abdomen is that what the doctor said or is that just that's what is is that dr steve that's what he is basically (laughs) alluding to because because he goes okay you're i i went to get my blood done Mm -hmm. and that was absolutely that was a fun time russ it always is i love sitting there in the hospital having just people you know sticking in my arm and whatnot having nothing to eat that morning It's, it's amazing not to mention the fact that it's kind of weird to see your life force leave your yeah, body. Like, You're like, oh, that's mine. That's what's keeping me alive, and it's, it's exiting my body. <laughs> and and so they they did my blood, and um, and it was funny because they told me like, oh, we're gonna do a blood test on you. I'm like, great. And so I get there, like, okay, here's a cup, go pee in it. I'm like, you told me you were gonna take my blood. I'm like, yeah, this is what we do when we take your blood. See, too. that's like, the kind of thing uh, that it's like. I think they're they're playing practical jokes on us because like like that makes well okay fine I am not a medical physician and the the least but I don't know I think I would probably have fun with like if I was a doctor I would just like <laughs> someone comes in they got a problem with their throat I just bust out the little knee hammer and start going like you know like okay you feel that you feel that like well, what does this have to do with my throat yeah, <laughs> really. I'm the doctor. You're gonna listen to what I say. I ask the questions. Yeah. <laughs> Simon says, 
So uh, I muscle up some moisture from somewhere in my body and uh, take care of the uh, the cup. And so anyway, I do my vitals. And then a few days later, they go. He says, "Oh, your vitals are great. Oh, they look good. You know, they're they're, they're fine. You're Healthy perfect. as an ox." Yeah. So and so I say, "Okay, well, here's the thing: is that um, oxen." I, um, so I've, I've been popping like Rolaids and Tums, not like every oh, day. Okay. That's what it is. I, okay. I'm going to weigh in here. Cause I didn't realize. Oh man. The tone of your voice just, okay. I was feeling better. Well, okay. So I think I know what you're going to say. How many do you take per night? Not, it's not a per night thing. Okay. That's good. That's good. That was, that was the first test. Second test is uh, yeah. when you actually take them, how many are you taking at a time? The bare minimum, like one. If one doesn't do okay. it, then I'll take two. Yeah, you're fine. Are you sure? I'm 99% sure. You were, you were alluding to like a kidney stone. I had one. So here's, okay. I the reason I say it is because like a while ago, uh, I would say about three years ago, two years ago, two or three years ago. Um, yeah, I had some kind of like change up where my body suddenly just, um, it couldn't handle certain kind of foods as, as easily. Like, like for instance, like, um, a normal pizza, like if I had a pepperoni pizza, I have to be careful because the remoulade sauce and as well as the pepperoni has a certain, uh, a bit of, um, acidic quality to it. And, um, I would be waking up with like acid reflux at night and I'd be like, um, just having lots of heartburn, that sort of thing. So I started taking like Rolaids or Tums or whatever. And, um, and they worked great, but I didn't realize how you have to really be careful about how much of that you take because I was popping like three at a time, sometimes four at a time. Oh man. And that's what caused, uh, all of a sudden this kidney stone. We're like, I remember waking up in the middle of the night. It's always the middle of the night for, I don't know if it's the same way for other people, but like I wake up uh, my ab, I'm a, I have like this searing pain that is going, it started on the side, on my side, like, like around my, of my torso, kind of where like just above the, uh, the pelvic hip area. I mean, it was to the point where like, I, I've never done this before when I was asleep. I don't, I don't mean to turn the story into like a me thing, but like, it was so different. Like the pain itself was so different in the sense where like, I was literally like, like I felt like I was on like a bed of needles. Cause I was like trying to like get into a position I couldn't. And finally I just had to get up. I literally could not keep laying down regardless of which position I was in. And then I suddenly had um, an urge to go to the bathroom. And when I was in there, um, that was when the, the pain was starting to move. And I, I kid you not, it feels like this little, like if you can picture like a Skittle, like a, like some sort of skittle size, um, with lots of barbs, and it, and it was making its way. I could feel it moving as I was peeing from the side of You're my like, body. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> all the way over to the front of my intestines, and then like, but luckily it didn't hurt on its way out. Like like. Oh thank God! I was really surprised because I heard horror stories about that, and I was like, okay. But as soon as it as, as soon as it went out, the pain immediately stopped. Gone. It was amazing. So I don't know if, I don't think that's what you have. Cause your, your, your thing is like my, high up on your, like your rib yeah, cage it, or something. It's like right below my bottom rib. Yeah. And yeah. I always thought it was a muscle. Cause that's like where your stomach muscles are. Right. But it's hard <laughs> on one side and then not quite as hard on the other side. And so he, he, the doctor ended up basically saying it's basically, it's a hardening of your abdominal wall is what he said specifically. And he says, he alluded to the salts. 
And so basically what we're going to try is a new diet. Mm. Low salts. I feel like I'm 70. Low salts. <laughs> I need a restaurant with low salts, please. Basically, everything you're going to taste from now on will be bland. Well, at least until we figure no out flavor. What's, what's going on. And so, like, this morning we had eggs. And I was like, salt on my eggs. And the wife goes, nope. Pepper. I'm like, yeah, I can do pepper. Sure. Um, and then we had some, we had like, these baked potatoes from Costco. And so then we, so she goes, no, the, those potatoes are already salty enough. So if you want salt... Put the egg with some of the potatoes. So I mean, it's not terrible. Mm. It's not terrible. But I'm gonna make. I'm been making some healthier choices. I'm gonna start ah. drinking pomegranate juice. And I, I haven't actually. I haven't drank that much water. I keep on thinking I drink water, but I'll drink like a couple of like the regular bottles a day. Sure. I'm supposed to drink like four. I've drank like one and a half. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that depends, too, on how active you are. Like, if you're just sitting at a desk all day, it's like, eh. Apparently, even if you're sitting at a desk, you're supposed to ha- you're supposed to be, like, way hydrated. So <laughs> I mean, those same people are saying, yeah, you eat, like, six apples a day. I'm like, what? If yeah. I eat one, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't need six. Anyhow. <clears throat> well, anyway. Well, I, I hope that that gets resolved. You'll have to keep us updated as to what's going on with all that. But having said that... What have you been playing, Steve? What have you yeah, been watching? Yeah, let's uh, get back to it. See, you learn a little. You learn a little bit of everything on the show. <laughs> so I ha- actually nothing really new. Um, I we haven't watched anything new on, on Netflix. That we haven't even started twenty four the last season with Jack Bauer. The following takes place between nine a.m. and ten a.m. <laughs> Anyhow, show Steve sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> so, where's the bomb? Anyway, <laughs> I left it in the toilet. Yeah, you want to see it? You did. Anyway, <laughs> so we haven't started watching like anything. We've been literally. I so I've literally just been playing Ghost of Su- of Tsushima. 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 I think we're talking about the same thing. <clears throat> and you say uh, tomato, I, I say tomato. But. I will tell you, a, a friend of mine, I, see, I did my due diligence. I, I told someone to buy Legends of Runeterra. Oh, and they good bought, for you. And they got it. Well, buy it, download it. I mean, you don't really buy it. Yeah. Download it. But now he wants to, you know, put some money into it. Of, of course. course. There you go. So I did my due diligence. So he picks up the game, and we play it once, mm. and I spank him. Mm. Like spank him so hard he gives up. Yeah, like, is this while he's playing? You just you're, you're next to him and you're, you're right. giving him some some good game right. pats, or or yes. are you playing against him yeah, in no. the game? Well, maybe maybe the one in the same. <laughs> so I do that, and he had like eight points left on his nexus, and he just gave up. He just gave up. He just gave up. I'm like, okay, well this is awesome. Kind of sucks that I didn't like finish you off, but okay, whatever. You know, you gave up, you give up, and then he was like, oh, I gotta go to bed. Bye. I'm like, man, someone's but heard about it, you know, yeah. losing good grief. And so then he's like, hey, let's play again. Hey, let's play again. I'm like, okay, let's play again. So I play him again. And some point between one night and the other night, he watches people who have been streaming it and like <laughs> learning about the game. And he's been playing it. Like, Doing his homework. Good man. Like instead of spending time with the family, he's been like just studying the game. And so then I'll come and come back. Like, okay, yeah, let's play it. And he spanks me. (laughs) Like, literally, I think we played like six games and I won one. Wow. 
And I'm like, yeah, I got to go to bed now. Okay. <laughs> I got to go to bed. Well, good for him. It's a, you, you've made uh, another gamer of Legends of Runeterra. And uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Again, I've said it so many times. It's a strong testament to the game designers who worked on this because there are so many cards in the game. And there are a ton of different ways you can create a deck. It's amazing how way, I don't know, like how you can evolve your decks in such a way to be able to counter certain player types or, you know, maybe you've created one that, that is actually pretty resilient against a lot of different types of, of player strategies, but it's, I, I think it's cool. Like, like it's definitely a game that rewards you for the more time you put into it, learning it and strategizing and watching other people play and that sort of thing. You don't really see that too often. Like you'll like if, if, if you're looking at another game and, and you're watching someone play it, yeah, sure, you'll pick up certain things here and there. But the game design itself isn't as acutely like set up in that way where like you you really do feel like like there is a, a payoff in terms of, of how you're learning how to play better. Other ways are more like cheats almost. It's like, oh, that's how you do it. And then you you know you go and you do it. Well, that's good, Steve. What else have you been playing? That's about it, Russ. That oh. is about it. All right. Yeah, I've been playing Legends of Runeterra myself uh, every day. I, I always have fun unlocking the, the quests and making my way. I am happy to tell you, Steve, that I maxed out the Demacia region. So mm. all the rewards have been unlocked. And I, I unlocked the last card, which actually gives you that customized Demacian uh uh, back facing part of the card. It has, uh, it's more of that theme. So I was very happy about that. I'm now working my way through Bilgewater. Huh. I have about, uh, I don't know, five or six rewards to get through, man. And what's crazy is that the, the closer you get to, to like unlocking everything within a particular region, man, you have got to really earn a lot of points in order to get those rewards. So, but it's fun. I, I think it's cool that they have certain incentives like that in place to be able to, continue the interest and play and that sort of thing. So been having lots of fun with that, have lots of, of really fun battles. And I still don't understand why I never see you on. It is the weirdest thing. Like, dude, I play that game a lot and I, I, I never see you and I never see Nick and I don't understand why. I, I think you guys are ghosting me. I never see Nick either, but that's probably because I don't have my friends list though. <laughs> I thought you did. <laughs> no. Oh, I was also, of course, playing Ghost of Tsushima. I've been having a lot of fun with that game. It's been actually really fun for me to be able to check in on you as you're playing the game, and then I'll go back to playing my game because we've been streaming, um, as we've mentioned in a previous episode, where Steve has been streaming on Twitch, Ghost of Tsushima, and I've been on YouTube streaming it there. And um, where are you? Are you still in Act 1? Yes. Okay, I am too. Because I'm literally like, I don't want to go... Like if I make my way northward, I don't want to go retreat back to the southern part of the island. So I've, I'm just going to take care of the southern parts of everything you can discover first and then make my way up. Okay. See, I'm kind of going everywhere. Like I, I'm just, I'm having fun revealing the foggy parts of the map. Right. And I love it because sometimes I'll be in the south or other times I'll find myself on the, the west side or the north side. The east, like kind of the northeast area is kind of where you begin. And so the, a lot of that's already been kind of... Uh, discovered. But. Well, the thing is, I, I went back to talk to Yuna or whatever her name is, and she's like, okay, are, did you talk to everybody else? Like, are they on your side? And and the reaction of Jen was kind of like, yeah. 
yeah, they're on my side kind of thing. It wasn't like, yes, we're ready to go. We're strong yeah. sort of thing. And maybe that's part of the story. Maybe it was because like you do, I've done like like half of what I was supposed to do with certain characters. Uh-huh. And so I'm thinking, yeah, I need to fulfill everything they want me to do before I go try and save my uncle. Maybe I'll have a, like a, a better chance of saving my uncle if I help them out with everything they need to do first. Sure. I have gotten, well, it's, so I, I'm kind of the same thing. Um, in that regard where, where I'm going through and I'm just having fun with all the little things I come across or, or like little side quests or whatever. And I think it's nice because there's not really this like, I don't know, overwhelming to desire to um, want to get through it as fast as possible. And I think it's great because it's giving me time to also figure out the various abilities and moves that I've been unlocking as well. The far, have you done the, um, the straw hat portion yet? Yes. Okay. I really like that character. I, yeah, think, I was like Raizu or something. I can't. Well, I, I just met him. So I, I'm, I'm a little foggy on that, but I really like the relationship between my character and his character. I mean, all the characters relationships are interesting, but his in particular, I'm like, I think I'm going to like this guy. And, um, th- I think that's kind of a strong Testament to a lot of what I've been encountering in the game. Is that just going to place, um, after place that, just has certain folks that makes me wonder, Oh, I wonder what's going on over here. Or someone flags me down or whatever. Oh, speaking of flagging down, have you, there was like this red dead redemption moment where there was someone who was like, I need your help or whatever. I have not done that. Okay. You know, I just to finish the the comment, like I I go over like, Oh, what's going on? I get off my horse and I get ambushed. Like all of a sudden it was a setup. I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. I see what's going on here. And so, uh, yeah, I, I found myself grinning at that point in time. Having said that, I'm not exactly 100% sure if, if like, the person who was there was, like, part of the posse or if they were just used as bait. I'm not exactly sure. I did have somebody, kind of the opposite of that, where he, no, it wasn't opposite of, a, of an ambush, but it was, um, I had somebody just give up. Like mm. I was fighting everybody and he goes, oh, no, no, no. And he comes over and like puts his, he gets on his knees and puts his like hands up like, no, 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 don't kill me. Don't kill me. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then it, it said on the top left of the screen, like, do you kill him or do you not kill him? Mm. And it didn't give me like a yes or a no. It was just like, okay, you know, you, it's you, a timed event probably. Yeah. And so I, I didn't kill him. And so he goes, like, oh, he stands up and basically says he's sorry and gives me a bow and like runs away. Yeah. And so then Jen goes like, oh, I hope he, t- you know, tell, speaks of me and you know, I've seen like that. that. I'm like, what in the world does that? I only happened once. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Um, our good old friend Brad beat the game this week. And it's been interesting to talk, talking to him about it because um, he was very gung ho about the game at first. And then as he was making his way through it, he was becoming increasingly kind of not happy with apparently the, the, the repetition of the game. Apparently like, like he, like the standoff thing, like he got so burned out over by the time I think he got to like the end of act two or beginning of act three, somewhere around there, which is surprising. Cause like, I love it. Like every time it happens, I'm like, yes, and you get to do it again. But um, but he also said he wasn't thrilled about the ending, which had me curious. So as we make our way through the game and and uh, beat it, it'll be interesting to compare notes and see if, if we have the same response. Well, I think I could see that with Brad because like when he, he said something similar with Red Dead Redemption, where he's like, yeah, I got tired of the game. I mean, you know, you're riding your horse and then you just, uh, you get the dead eye moment, you cap off a few guys and then like you, you continue the game and that's it. And I'm like, I loved it. <laughs> and he got tired of it. So I can, I can kind of see him. Say sure. That. 
Sure. Uh, a couple other things I just wanted to mention, uh, one of which is that the last row of the Skyline Diffuser has been finished. And I cannot stress how elated I am because that has been a labor of love for the last, like, what, year and a half? At least. It's between like a year and a half to two years, but um, this weekend's project is actually going to be us mounting it onto the wall. So I am beyond stoked to be able to to get this up and hopefully everything works. Hopefully we don't tear the whole <laughs> side of sheetrock off from the wall, but um, I'm definitely looking forward to, to having this finally up. And it's, it's a big step toward getting our Joygasm studio all set up. The last thing I wanted to mention really quick too is I saw an article that really was an eye opener. And that is that AMC theaters is planning to do a reopening. And I don't recall what day it is. I apologize for that. But um, apparently the, the day that it opens, they are selling movie tickets for 15 cents. And I just couldn't help but think back about how like, I don't know, it's almost like Twilight Zone-ish in the sense that like back during the 1918 Spanish flu, um, <laughs> you know, it, it probably wasn't even 15 cents in order to go see a movie back in the day. It would probably cost like a nickel or something like that. Hence the Nickelodeon. <laughs> but um, but just thinking about like, it, it, oh, let's say like the 50s, for instance, it probably cost like 15 cents to go see a movie. Um, and so that that's really crazy seeing as how we are now in 2020 and uh, movies typically cost, you know, at least like what, $10 a ticket or something like yeah. that. I mean, it, it's been encroaching upon more like 12 to $15 if you're not getting a matinee. So I think the theaters are definitely struggling. It's understandably so just because of, of the, the pandemic and that sort of thing. But my goodness, like I, I kind of want to buy a ticket just to have the stub that says 15 cents because that will like, I don't think that'll ever happen again. Like maybe it will, like if like say that we have a repeat of what's going on or whatever, but it's so weird to like be able to have something from a major movie chain like that. And I'm not sure if AMC is going to be the only theater to do it or if like Cinemark's going to follow suit. But what are your thoughts though, in terms of like the theater opening up, like would you be okay going into a theater uh, to watch a movie? I would be a bit paranoid, but I think I'd be okay. I mean, it would, it would really depend. I wouldn't just go see a movie to see a movie. Like it would have to be something like, oh, it was you know Star Wars, yeah, and, you know Return of the Jedi is back in the okay, I'm gonna go, yeah, tentpole movie. So we have a number of different stories that I'm looking forward to getting into with you. The first one is uh, I thought it'd be fun to start off with this Cyberpunk 2077 Night City Wire episode two. Um, there were some some major takeaways from this. The first of which is that they were um, going more into detail about the three classes. So if you recall, there was one that was kind of the Badlands class where you the start. Nomad. The Nomad. Yeah. The Nomad, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, where you start out outside of Night City, which I thought was actually pretty interesting. And then you have the second class, which is like the Street Kid then you have um, the third class, which is, I think they they're, they were calling it Corpo, which is uh, short for like the, the corporation type of thing. Where like, you're, it's almost like you're, you're not necessarily born with a silver spoon, but you're definitely, you're kind of in with a lot more of the, the 
power hungry organizations and that sort of thing. So my question to you, Steve, is, is there a particular class that you're, that you're totally going to start with first or have you not made up your mind? I'm going to start with the street kid first. The street kid. Why is that? That to me seems to be the best way to start the game because the, the nomad, like you're, I mean, I want to be right down in it from the beginning. And that seems to be the most intriguing part of the story for me. When I play the game again, yeah, I kind of want to go, okay, well, I'll start it and, uh, you know, I'll have more business sense when I'm be like the, the capo or, sure. yeah, sure, I'll start in, uh, at the Nomad and I'll have, you know, that, that kind of knowledge of, you know, whatever drug or, you know, survival or whatever it is and start and then make my way into Night City. Um, but right from the get-go, I want to be right down in it. Yeah. And it seems like the street kid has a bit of the knowledge from, from both. And so you're going to be learning a little bit um, from what other the other two uh, folks know, but um, it, they, the other two seem more like specialized or specific, while the street kid, and my, from what I see, is more of a blend. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it, it, it seems to be more of like a blend unto itself. I'm not sure which one I want to start with. I, I do think that I share your sentiment like with the street kid choice where you, it's kind of the best of both worlds where you're kind of like the scrappy character and you got some street smarts and, and you're, you're familiar with some of the territories and whatnot. But when it comes to the challenges, perhaps like maybe I, I want to be able to try and get away from Night City and go to the Badlands and be able to, to visit there and that sort of thing. But at the same time though, each one of the story arcs really fascinates me. I, I think that in terms of the replayability, I'm totally going to try all three and see uh, what kind of nuances there are. And my hope is, is that they actually are very different. I, I would hate to like start one and then, oh, you have, you know, a couple of different uh, ability advantages that are exclusive to that particular path. But then really the story is all the same. Like it would be kind of a bummer in that regard. And I think it's fine. And like, if, if you have certain characters that, that are the same that you interact with, but in different capacities, that's okay too. I just, I, re I just really want it to be a separate story altogether. Do you think that they're going to be that way? Or do you think it's going to be more of the former? I think they'll, they'll be separate. I, um, you know, I'm I I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. I think at some point they're all going to be linked, but I think I think the people that you're going to interact with, like I don't think that the people you're going to interact with will say that the same exact lines or the same exact things to you. Like there are some games, like if you play one character, um, they'll they'll talk to you one way, and they're like, oh, I want to see how the game plays if I play somebody else completely, and then the people say the same lines to you, yeah, and you just kind of have a different personality. I think that people, I think the game will treat you differently mm -hmm. depending on who you are. Like if you're the nomad or you're the capo and you, you'll have different things to say, you'll get different responses. And I think people will interact with you differently based upon like, you know, you prejudgments that, that they're yeah. going to make on you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The other thing I noticed too is the amount of weapons that they were showcasing. And that really wasn't an, I don't know, like, like a a main topic of the, the episode itself, but they did show quite a bit. I'm really liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking it too. I thought they were going to show more. I mean, when I was watching all the, the weapons they had, I, I remember 
previously in like the 45 minute uh, clip that they had like way back when. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you can have all these weapons. This is what you can do. And, da, da. and so I already kind of knew that watching this clip and it looked more familiar to me. It wasn't such a, a, a surprise. But when she said, well, hey, what's your favorite weapons? And he starts talking about the weapons, but it's all the weapons that you've been watching with in that entire like segment. I thought, okay, I thought I was waiting to see something new. Um, so at that point he goes, yeah, you know, I, I, I want the, the sniper rifle. I'm like, okay, you showed the sniper rifle. I get it. He's like, I want the, the shotgun here with the, you know, with these. And I'm like, yeah, you showed us that already. Okay. So <laughs> anyhow, it, it, it kind of left a little bit of, it wasn't not cool. I'm not going to say that, but, um, it was getting to a point where I was wanting to see something different than what they've already showed. And then they just kind of showed us what they've been showing us. And so to me, it wasn't that much of a surprise. It was more of like a drill down of the weapons because in the 45 minute demo, they revealed the weapons right. to you as they were playing it. But I thought what was really neat was that they were showing how you can customize these weapons. You can buy different parts for, you can probably hack certain other peripheral devices and stuff and add it to your weapon. Um, and I was really glad to see how, I mean, they had, I think like at least five or six categories of weapons that they were going through. And I was like, man, that's like, that's really cool. I for one was glad that they didn't show any new weapons in this episode just because I want to be surprised. You know, I, I think I'm running the risk of when I watch these episodes of kind of spoiling the game a little too much. And I, I'm, I mean, both of us are already sold on the game. We can't wait to play it. There is that that overwhelming excuse me overwhelming desire to want to watch as much content as possible just because I'm so excited for the game to come out and I'm glad that they are they're they're, they're staying within their lane you know they they're not just kind of blowing their wad and be like here's the entire game you know like I think that that's gonna allow for people to, to enjoy the game more one of the other things I noticed that I I mentioned to you on the phone is. The graphics fidelity has really improved. I at least I noticed it when I was watching this particular episode where everything is looking much clearer, crispy. The colors are richer and deeper. Um, I think that that with them being in kind of like this final polish phase, because they, they do have about, you know, two more two and a half months left before it goes and um, gets um you know, tons of copies made of itself. Well, they said they're pretty much done with it. They're just polishing it up. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can see that in this episode where suddenly you're like, whoa, like certain scenes that I had seen in, uh, in, a, in a previous showing of the game uh, that didn't, I mean, it, it looked good back then. And and looking at it now, it's like, wow, they're, they're really putting the spit shine on this thing. And so that makes me really excited. And, uh, and even like, like you, you saw, um, Keanu Reeves' character in there, Johnny Silverhand. Um, well, I think there are certain scenes where he was singing. I mean, it looks so good. Yeah, it did. I don't. I didn't see his. I don't know the the voice. The, so it seems like they're using Keanu Reeves' voice for Keanu Reeves when he's just talking to you, right? Except when he's singing, and then it's somebody totally different. Which correct? I don't know if I want that. I mean, Keanu Reeves has been in a band. Well, I don't know if he sings though. He doesn't sing. He I think he's a good. bass. Yeah, I think he was bass or guitar or something. Yeah, he plays yeah. bass guitar, I, I believe. I'm okay with that. That, that, that. that kind of thing doesn't necessarily bother me. So the second story is Legends of Runeterra New Region Announcement. And so I, I just by happenstance 
saw this. It really wasn't covered on on some of the the, the gaming news sites. I found this on Twitter actually on, on their their Twitter feed, but it's um, got me excited just because um, the the premise is is that they say let the stars be your shield. You get to play as. Tarek, I believe is how you pronounce the name, as well as six more champions on August 26th with uh, the new expansion, which is called Call of the Mountain. So I know that this is a, another champion from the League of Legends. You know, they're, they're totally tapping into that. I think that's a great idea. And I wrote some notes down uh, based on some of the cards that they were demoing in this, uh, this particular trailer. So Tarek himself... When he levels up, the description below says, my supported ally and I cannot take damage or die this round. So that's actually a, that's a pretty big deal because I don't believe there are other cards that exist that have that type of, of uh, description or keywords. Um, but furthermore, you also copy the last spell cast on only me and my ally. So that's actually really helpful too when you're going into battle against insurmountable odds, it seems as though. Um, or it seems like, I should say. Now, to kind of further go into like the, what the whole copying of the spell thing. So Tarek gives an ally tough, which is, you know, we, we're all familiar with that, uh, that ability. And if you cast a spell on him, then that spell is also applied to that ally. So like the, the buffs and the keywords um, get shared between the two cards. I think that's actually pretty cool because we've seen more of a Diet Coke version of that. Like, you know, um, certain characters can like give a, a barrier, for instance, to one of their allies. Uh, and I think that that's, that actually can can change the tide of, of battle. So this is actually taking that a bit uh, further. Now, on top of that, too, they were talking about how there's another card called Blessing of Targon, uh, which this is more of a standard thing where you, it grants allies plus three plus three. Uh, I think it's probably just granting one ally that nothing new there. They have another card called mountain um, Sohornis or Sojournis. I'm not, I'm not, I'm probably not saying it correctly, but it says grant my supported ally plus two plus two. And if that ally has support, it actually repeats the support effect. So to give you an idea of that, do you understand like what they're saying with that? Yes. Cause like, like for instance, like that, that I don't know what the actual name of the card is, but like, you know, the, the moose that comes up, and like it'll give a right. card next to it, like life steal or whatever it is. Um, it's kind of like that. Um, but the idea being that you can have a chain reaction. Like if you have your strategy set up, set up in such a way, you could literally have that repeat across like all like five or six cards instead of just one card. So that's that's definitely worth noting. Um, but overall, like like for what I saw. And, and I know that they're going to be doling out more information as we lead up to August 26th. They're going to probably debut the other champions over time, that sort of thing. But I think it's going to complement um, and add to the current meta of, of the game. Are, are you how, excited about that? Or? I am, but I have to get there first. Like, I'm still, like, understanding elements of the game. Like, for example, I'll, I'll select cards because I think they're cool. <laughs> and I play the game based I like on, the art. I basically. And so I'll play the game because I want to be entertained by what the characters say and the animations. Like, I think that's cool. I think it's funny. And I like that every single match. Other people will play the game with like a competitive, competitive nature to win. 
Mm-hmm. And so they'll they'll strategize, okay, I want three of this card, I want two of this card, I want... And so it's like me going, okay, um, I'm going to take three of the spells for deal one damage to all the car, all the enemies and one, they're like three health to you. Yeah. If I did that consistently, you'd be like, man, all you're doing is throwing spells at me. But I would keep my health up and yeah. I just whittle away at you. Um, and so there, there's that strategy also. I, I don't know. To me, I just, I love all the interaction with, between the cards and when you play something out and you might only have one of the cards, like, it, you know, it's, it costs you nine, you know, points to get. Mm-hmm. And then you have something awesome, like, yes. And so to me, I don't, I don't have, I don't need to win to be, to feel like I enjoyed myself. Yeah. But some other people do need to win to enjoy. <laughs> and, and so they'll completely strategize. And yeah, I mean, good, you know, good job. But it's, it's two different perspectives. Uh huh. So, I mean, I might like, for example, I never got into the labs. I have yet to do an expedition token. I have yet to do like, yeah, you know, there are tons of stuff. Yeah. So, there, and, and, I've been looking into it. I mean, I didn't even know how to like, I didn't even, I thought I, you could click on your deck to figure out how many cards you had. And I did that, but I didn't know that you could right click and figure it out. Like I just found that out. <laughs> There's a lot to the game for sure. Like in the labs thing, to your point, I tried it a couple times and it's, it's fun. You know, um, I, 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 my thing is, is I haven't played as many people online just simply because I just have so much fun just playing the AI. Right. I'm like, Oh, just play whatever. And, um, I really should play more players because I'm going to improve that much more because, I mean, players are way exponentially harder right. than AI. Uh, so I think it's going to be fun to, to get into more of that. So the next story here is that, okay, this, so this is kind of a doozy. Um, Fortnite is banned from Apple and Google app stores. And as a response, the developer Epic Games is suing them. So I have um, some stuff here from CNET that if you just bear with me, um, maybe we can kind of work our way through here because th- there is a lot. I, I wasn't, I was trying to figure out, okay, what, what was the setup for this? Um, so CNET reported that Fortnite uh, developer Epic Games, as I have um, said already, is they're, you know, they're suing Apple and Google after both pulled Epic's hit game uh, from their app stores over direct payment disputes. As of right now, neither are allowing users to download and install Fortnite on phones through their digital marketplaces. At the heart of the debate is whether Epic has the right to include a direct payment service in its Fortnite app, circumventing Apple's and Google's payment systems and the up to 30% charge Apple and Google levy on each transaction. So I'm going to stop right there. I have tons more notes in there, but I, I figured that would be a good place to start. One of the things that surprises me is I was unaware that Apple and Google's platforms also take a 30% charge yeah. off of in-game app transactions. Right. I didn't know that. I thought their model was based on if you want to have the game be sold on our platform, then every time the game sells, just the game, like you, you, you buy the app, that's when they get their 30% take. And then anything that they decide to do within the game is the, the developers to, to have. So this is eye-opening to me because if I'm reading this right, it sounds like every type of microtransaction or any kind of thing that you're doing, they get a cut. Yeah. How long has that been going on? That's been going on for a long time. 
Man, that's I, I had no idea. I, I think that I, I think that lately certain apps are way more popular and and people downloading and using microtransactions. And therefore, some of these companies go, man, I'm losing a lot. You know, I could be making a lot more money if I wasn't giving it to Google or Apple. Many people, I mean, people are going to have either an Android system, which is made by Google, or they're going to have the Apple system. Either way, pretty much most of the folks today are going to have a smartphone of some kind. Yeah. And your younger folks are going to be getting new phones way more often than your older folks are going to be getting new phones. And the younger folks are the ones downloading new apps, new games, right. putting out the reviews, whatever. And so when you have like Fortnite, which is very popular and people are throwing money at it on the console and the PC and on the phone, I'm sure they're, they're looking at the numbers going, okay, on like through Microsoft or through Sony, we're making X amount of dollars. And maybe that's less with on those platforms because that's the platform people uh, play the most. And maybe they, maybe Microsoft and Sony and whoever else, you know, take less of a cut. And so it's a okay. But Apple knows the terms of the, the agreement. Like, yeah, okay. You, they're using our platform all the time to play. We're making, we're giving you the tools to put your game, to make you money on our setup. But to do that, we take a cut. And if they're not okay with it, then they make it on a different platform or they don't make it at all. If they are okay with it, well, then we're going to make it as, as easy and as best for the consumer and you to do business and, and you to make money. And we're all for that. The App Store doesn't exist just to make Apple money, but Apple makes phones, they make software, they yeah. make other stuff, man. They've been in business a long time. They know how to make money. And this is, I mean, a lot of this money goes into R&D just to... Sorry about that. <laughs> just to uh, just you know, just head butted the microphone. <laughs> you know, to make products better, regardless if it's for Google or where it's for Apple. So I mean, I I get where they're coming from. I wouldn't want to pay somebody thirty percent either. However, let's say like for example, our show doesn't make money whatsoever. Right. We haven't made anything. But if somebody said, okay, hey, I'm I'm going to give you cameras. I'm going to give you a stage. I'm going to give you props. I'm going to give you everything you're going to look for. But I want to. I want to take thirty percent mm-hmm. of what you're going to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and we would go. Well, look, we're not making a dime right now. Uh, we could make X amount of money and doing the exact same thing, but we would actually have everything that we're trying to get now. And so we would weigh that cost of okay. Do we just wait until we have the cameras and have the stage and have you know proper whatever we need to to, to go online and look first rate like we want to do, or and who knows when that's going to be? That's that's indefinite. That's out in the future at some point. We just want it, we just know we're going to get there. But who knows? It could be another year. Or somebody could say, "Yeah, well, here's all the money. Here's what you're going to do now. I just want to stake because I want some reward for giving you what you want." Sure. It's kind of like an investor in a set of sorts. And so we would go, "Okay, well, thirty percent. Maybe that works for us. Maybe it doesn't. But at least we would be making money at that point versus making no money. Do you want to make money? Do you want to make no money?" Well, I, I'm not even sure that that um, like like I think what we're what what comes to mind for me is like for instance if I'm let's say I'm a business owner and I um, I'm leasing my uh, business space from uh-huh. a landlord right so I pay the landlord the the monthly fee for being able to 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 have my business on that property 
And that's all well and good. That That's just, it's part of the transaction that that's how it's set up. It's like, okay. But then I think it would be kind of problematic over time. Like, let's say for instance, that landlord suddenly comes to me and says, I want, and let's say for instance, we'll just use the 30% number because that's what we're talking about here. I want 30% of all your sales that you make in addition to the monthly payment. I don't know how that would sit with me because it's like, you know, I've got my own overhead. I've got to try and make a profit myself. Like there's, there's a lot of pressure that's on me as a small business owner where I'm trying to, to just, you know, get ahead as little as I can. And that strikes me as, as, um, a bit greedy, I got to say. Well, maybe it's a, it is a little bit greedy, but it's almost like you're saying, um, okay, charge me the rent for using the property, um, but don't charge me for using the power and the water and everything else. And so, like, if I'm your landlord and I say, okay, here, I'm going to give you the, the lowest rent possible just to get you in because I make money on the rent too, but I got to pay taxes on on the property. Yeah. And you say, great. And so then you use all of the powers on 24-7 you're using water and then I get the bill. And so then I got to go, okay, well, you're using my property. There was really no benefit in giving you access to use my property because at the end of the day, the, the price that I'm paying for power and water and everything else so that you can make money is not making me any money. I don't, I don't think that typically, I don't think that's how it works though. I'm just, but, but that, I don't know how that's how it works either, but, but cause either, like, like, like if, if you rent like a, an apartment or you rent a house or something like that, you're going to pay the landlord the monthly fee, but you are still um, responsible for paying the utilities through, like you have to set up your utilities. It's not going through the landlord. And I think it's the same thing for businesses as well, where like the, the folks, like the landlords who own like, like the, the commercial property, for example. So yeah, you're being like very, very specific. Yes. Yeah, so, but if the, the terms of the agreement were, I'm, it's a flat fee, no matter who you are, to rent my property. Just to rent the property, and that's it. And utilities are not included. Then you go, okay, I'll rent the property, and this is what I'll do, and I'll make... And, you know, okay, I'll rent it, I'll do my business, but I'll make money elsewhere. Kind of like free advertising. You know, I make an, a thing, I make an app, and I don't charge for it, right? But other advertisers are paying me money so I'm, I'm making some revenue that I can pay you the rent right and if and if water and power is not included in the terms of the lease then that's extra all I'm paying you for is renting the property mm-hmm. so I well, the way I see it is that at that Apple or Google is saying okay the rent the property is X if you're gonna do any transactions and, and other types of business which is going to cost us money and processing, then we want to make an extra amount of that too. Because otherwise that's coming out of our bottom end. Mm. Like for example, let's say Visa charges Apple, but they doesn't charge company XYZ to, to, to run the transaction. So Apple is spending millions of dollars in processing fees for Visa, who's being charged because Visa's got to make money too. Mm-hmm. And then Apple's saying, okay, well, you know, that we're, that's coming out of our end. So not only are we paying for all the R&D for you to, to put your app on, but then we're picking up all the transaction fees. So that doesn't make sense for them. So th- so 30% might be a bit high. Uh-huh. Might be a bit high, but I can see in a business sense how, how and why they are doing what they're doing. I don't think the 30% though is brand spanking new. I just think that certain companies who are making tons of money and seeing that they could make more 
because this is their soul, like what they do for right. a living. Yeah. I would think that if you do 30% and with the millions of hundreds of millions, maybe even dollars that Fortnite brings in, I just think that they want to recoup more of that money. So I'm going to keep going here. It says Epic's lawsuit alleges that Apple has become a, a quote, behemoth seeking to control markets, block comp competition and stifle innovation, end quote. Uh, there's another quote I wrote um, down that um, continues on. It says Apple is bigger, more powerful, more entrenched and more uh, pernicious than monopolies of yesteryear. Um, they can Epic continues on saying that Apple's size and reach far exceeds that of any technology monopolist in history, end quote. Epic's lawsuit against Google accuses the tech giant of abandoning its idealistic roots and says Android's claim that it's an open ecosystem is, quote, a broken promise. And they continue on with this quote saying, in 1998, Google was founded as an exciting young company with a unique motto, don't be evil. And uh, the, the complaint continues on. It says 22 years later, Google has relegated its motto to nearly an afterthought and is using its size to do evil upon com uh, competitors, innovators, customers, and users in a slew of markets. It has grown to monopolize in quote, which is true. Yes. Um, and when asked about that, when you know, CNET went to go ask uh, Google declined to comment uh, on the lawsuit itself. So, it, you know, you know, we're kind of removing the, these layers uh, a bit more and more. I'll, I'll go a little bit farther here. It says Apple earlier Thursday said it chose to remove Fortnite from its app store because the game violated guidelines. Apple says it applies equally to every developer and that are designed to keep the store safe. Apple's and Google's decisions to ban Fortnite from their respective app stores marks a dramatic escalation in the debate between the tech giants, the developers that make programs for their devices and regulators interested in examining it all. So like, you know, like the hearings and that sort of thing. So Apple's iOS and Google's Android software together power nearly all of the world's mobile devices. That's no surprise. That influence has remade the tech industry and the larger world economy, helping bring to life businesses like, um, ride hailing and, de and delivery company, Uber, uh, game maker Zynga and ByteDance's TikTok social network. You know, it kind of goes on and on from there. So I'll stop right there for a moment. I have some more notes, but, um, so it, it, it's interesting to, to think about in that regard, how, yes, like, like these, these platforms have actually been very beneficial to small businesses. You know, I, I definitely applaud both companies for allowing, this opportunity for like, like these garage company startups, right? They're like, they don't have a lot of capital, but they've got great ideas. They have raw talent. They want to be able to put their, their application, whether it's a game or otherwise onto the, the store. And I think the deal like in its, in the classical sense, like for instance, like when I was working um, at a gaming company way back when I think it was like 2009, 2010, that was really when the app store started to, to start churning out a lot of apps. That was like when it was starting to become a runaway success. And the games that we made for mobile, um, they were designed just specifically to like you, you buy the game and that's it. Like that's how we make our money. Apple takes 30%. We take 70%. Okay. It sounds like a swell deal. And I think it is a swell deal in terms of like when you start out in that classical sense. But our games at that time, we didn't have any kind of microtransactions or any other types of transactions that take place within the game that allowed us to try and make even more money. We just 
well, that wasn't the, the point of the games that we made. So it's, it's interesting to look at the situation that they're in now. Um, because I do think I agree with you in the sense of like the, maybe the percentage point itself. Like, like if Apple were to come out and say, Hey, you know, we think that it's great that you're able to make additional money, but like for like the, let's, let's use the processing, um, fees or whatever it is, you know, the processing that it takes place every time a transaction it gets handled and that gets probably handled through the Apple platform or the Google platform. You know, if they were to say, Oh, we, we want to get 10%. Well, I think that that's reasonable. You know, it doesn't cause as much of an uproar in that regard, because that means that the developer would then be getting like 90% of the, the, the revenue from that. So, and that can be, you know, kind of um, back and forth, you know, that can be haggled on and that sort of thing. But it, it is interesting to me how, um, you know, both Apple and Google have had tremendous success. I mean, their companies have benefited greatly from these apps um, and from being gatekeepers. Because essentially that's what it is. Essentially you have the gatekeepers of Apple and Google who have these platforms um, and their, their platforms act as like these central aggregation hubs for all content that goes through, right? It's, it's, it's essentially a bridge toll essentially is what it is. Right. So, I mean, that's another example too. Like my mind goes to is like, okay, if you want to cross the bridge, it costs, you know, $5. Okay. Here's your $5. Thank you. And as you're driving along, you're like, well, you know, because you're driving along and, and uh, you know, you're using gas, we're going to charge you a gas tax on that top of that. You're like, well, wait a minute. I already paid for my gas. Doesn't matter. You're on our road and we want 30%. You're like, that doesn't sit well with me. What, what the heck? You know, like, like at that point, it, the whole nickeling and diming and, you know, rubbing the hands together. Mm, yes, more money starts to come into the, the whole thing of it. I mean, money is definitely what makes the world go round. Um, and Google makes a crap ton of it with everything else that they do. I think love makes the world go round. Steve. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I know you better than that. Um, so, but I mean, like if, if Apple had a search engine and Apple was doing all the advertising and selling of information that Google does, then Apple would have a lot more money too. Now, Apple's got a ton of money. I'm not saying Apple doesn't, but... Um, I, I can I can see it from both perspectives where it makes sense for the business to do like if uh, the bridge toll thing. So if 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 you're paying a bridge toll, it's basically a simple agreement: drive across the bridge. But if you drive across the bridge and you decide to stop, and then you decide to to conduct business, and you decide to sightsee, and you decide to do everything else, and you haven't just crossed the bridge, and so they can go, okay, well, you were supposed to cross the bridge. You didn't go all the way across the bridge. Now you're doing way more than, you know, the five bucks that we charged you. So, you know, swing us some extra bucks and then conduct some business. Yes, yeah, so that's just too much. I don't know. Like, like that kind of thing that would still, I, I, it's leaving a bad taste in my mind. Maybe it's because I'm a developer. Like I'm looking at it from the standpoint of like, you know, the, the David versus Goliath kind of thing. But at the same, well, here, let me, let me continue on. Cause like, I've got more stuff here. So like, so the company's control over their respective platforms have also drawn complaints from some developers who say Apple forces developers to pay commissions for many purchases made on apps with no alternative. And they complain Google forces partners to bundle and promote its own apps on their devices. Both companies have also been accused of building in preference 
for their respective apps rather than allowing for competition. So again, as a gatekeeper, there's a lot of power that's there and they can filter and manipulate and change things so that, you know, the house always wins, quote unquote. Um, in the past year, lawmakers and regulators have been um, starting to join developers in this debate, pushing Apple to justify its up to 30% commission and its tight control over its platform while probing Google's behavior as well. Um, the company has still come under criticism for its fees, um, leading music giant Spotify and other companies to file complaints with the European Union's uh, Competition Commission. The EU in June launched two investigations into Apple focused on its App Store and its handling of the technology behind its Apple Pay payment service. Um, I'll stop here in just a second. I have a quote. It says, it appears that Apple obtained a gatekeeper, oh, there you go, gatekeeper role when it comes to the distribution of apps and content to users of Apple's popular devices, EU competition commissioner um, said in a statement at the time, we need to ensure that Apple's rules do not distort competition in markets where Apple is competing with other app developers, for example, with its music streaming service, Apple Music, or with Apple Books. So that was the end of that quote. So, um, it's interesting. I'll stop right there for, again, but it, it's interesting to me how now you're starting to have other competitors come in. Like Spotify is probably one of the biggest alternatives to something like iTunes or Apple music, um, Google music as well. So that part of it to me, I feel like that's kind of more of a, a dog piling, response because Spotify is in direct competition with Apple and Google in regards to the music. That is their bread and butter is, is, is they are also a gatekeeper, although their whole thing is just music. It's purely music itself. And I'm curious to know from you, do you view it as like a good point that Spotify is making? Or do you think that Spotify is seeing an opportunity to be able to try and you know, kind of uh, better their position potentially with them being kind of a, a, a music giant. I think uh, I think the latter. I, here's what it really basically comes down to is if Apple and Google go, okay, now we're gonna, you know, if, if they change the rules without saying they're gonna change the rules. Like if it's written in there like, hey, terms and conditions may change because life is changing pretty quick here in the tech field. Uh, and you got to be okay with that because if you're not okay with it, well, I mean, we have to re renegotiate quite often. But if if um, you're if you're not okay with it, you can find another platform. But if they say that um, stuff is going to change, and or stuff's not going to change, and then they just automatically apply new rules without telling you what it is, and then come up to you and go, okay, gimme, 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 and you're going, wait a second, you haven't even told me what the rules are going to be, or you haven't told me what you're going to charge me, How, I'm supposed to write you a blank check, like, that's where the problem comes in. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, let's say, um, let's say I let you borrow some money, right? You go, hey, I just need to borrow a hundred bucks. Okay, here's a hundred bucks. And then when you come back, say, hey, I borrowed a hundred bucks from you, here's a hundred bucks back, and I go, okay, you owe me 120. And, I, and you go, why? You were supposed to be 100 bucks. I borrowed you just give, give you back. You're like, yeah, but it's interest. And you're like, but you didn't say you were going to charge me interest. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but I would have liked to known that in the beginning, yeah. right? Yeah. So I could see it from from the the app standpoint. And Spotify's 
fantastic. I mean, Spotify compares to, you know, in comparison to Pandora, they definitely have some, some benefits and Spotify is a giant. So it could be them like, Hey, you know, we got a lot of people who want to listen to us over everybody else. So, I mean, we're, we're going to flex a little bit too. We could just totally leave and be a whole different service and try some different avenues in their way. You're not making money on us anymore. And Apple, then they got to reconsider. But I, I'll go back to like, the, like, let's say I let you borrow like my car, for example. And you say, oh, I just need to borrow for a little bit. And I say, okay, great. And then you go, thanks. And you take the car and you put 50,000 miles on the car. And you go, here's your car back. Thanks, let me borrow. And I go, man, I only had 20,000 miles on the car before. Now I have 70,000. Like there's some major wear and tear. I'm gonna, I might have to go buy a new car a lot sooner than I expected because I let you borrow my car. And so to me, I, I think, well, I, I, feel, I personally feel like I need to have some sort of recouping of what you're basically leaving me the bill with. Because you let you put fifty thousand miles, and that's a lot of wear and tear. Yeah, but I I don't think that that's a a good example. Just because a car is a physical thing, right? It's something that will have wear and tear. But it's this an this is a I I know. But what I'm saying is is that I don't think it's necessarily the best analogy when it comes to this. Just because this is more of a virtual setup, right? It's a it's a computer program that doesn't it, you don't get wear and tear on a computer program, right? Like you have a coder that you pay. True. They, they make an algorithm. That algorithm is an automation. It just keeps going and going. I mean, like the only kind of like maintenance that you need is like if a server crashes or whatever else. But I mean, that is kind of a, a set fee when it comes to this sort of thing. So I, I hear what you're saying in terms of the car situation, but I think that's why this is such a different scenario in the sense that because everything is digital and virtual, those types of things that normally you would keep in mind as you're, you're going through that particular analogy, they don't necessarily apply. Um, well, here, let me, let me get through the, the last section, the last chunk of this. I find this whole thing really fascinating is... Epic preceded its public fight with Apple with a series of high-profile moves. The company's first step was to offer a discount for its hit Fortnite Battle Royale game, which brings together up to 100 people on a cartoonish game simulated island. We already know that. There they fight till the last player is standing, blah 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 uh, Fortnite's design hit it big. The game is easy to grasp, but hard to master. It's playful and vibrant visuals, free from the blood and gore that's typical of most fighting games, made it more uh, palatable to families and preteens. And it's free to download with the only charges coming from what's what they call V-Bucks. You know, and we already know that. It's the in-game tokens players can use to buy different cosmetics, um, different types of like stylish aesthetics. So um, the four things I have listed here is that on Thursday, Epic announced discounts of up to 20% permanently if players buy V-Bucks directly from Epic but it opted to keep prices where they were if players buy via Apple's or Google's payment system. As a result, a thousand V-Bucks will cost you $9.99 if you go through Apple's or Google's system, but only $7.99 if you get it directly from Epic. So that's interesting. The second point is that uh, currently when using Apple and Google payment options, Apple and Google collect a 30% fee, and the up to 20% price drop does not apply. Oh, look, actually, you know what? Let me back up. This is, this is a quote from uh, um, Epic. 
So let me just back up a bit. So quote, currently when using Apple and Google payment options, uh, Apple and Google collect a 30% fee and the up to 20% price drop does not apply. Epic wrote in a blog post earlier Thursday. They continue on with another quote. If Apple or Google lower their fees on payments in the future, Epic will pass along the savings to you, end quote. Um, the third point here is that shortly after Apple removed Epic's app from its store, prompting Epic's lawsuit, Epic also posted a video online mimicking Apple's famous Macintosh ad from 1984, this time accusing Apple of being the bad guy instead of the hero. Did you see that video? I did not see the video. When you get a chance, um, you should check it out. I watched it myself. It's a very clever piece of PR because... They, I, I assume you saw the original 1984 commercial where like it has that that older guy with glasses on some like black and white TV screen. Right. All these people are just like, yeah, and then someone there. comes up and swings the hammer or something. Exactly. Yeah, right. So they 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 like verbatim copied it shot for shot. Only there are Fortnite characters that are sitting there watching it, and instead of the old guy with the spectacles on the screen. It's this like cartoony apple that has a bite taken out of it because it looks like the Apple logo and it has this worm sticking out and like he's saying the exact same thing that the the older guy was saying. And then you see one of the Fortnite characters running instead of that woman and they throw some sort of like crazy weapon from Fortnite. I mean, it, it's actually pretty brilliant when you think about it because it's, it's a it's a PR campaign at that point. And then they have a hashtag that says, uh, well, here, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll say it from the notes. Um, the video ended with a suggested hashtag, free Fortnite, which became the top trending item worldwide on Twitter within an hour of it being posted. In the US, Apple landed second on the top trending list with Epic in fifth place. So lots of stuff there going on. Um, I will say one of the things that is interesting is that Epic is also a big giant of a company, you know, like Fortnite alone has generated over $1 billion in revenue. I think last year, I mean, it's been a multi-billion dollar per year mm -hmm. making you know, money making machine. And my hat goes off to Epic for, for, you know, having that kind of success. So it is interesting to see one of the big boys in the gaming industry going up against the Goliaths of these gatekeeping um, tech industry giants. Right. And it, it's, it's tough to go back and forth in a certain extent because you can tell that, you know, Epic just wants to make more money. And there's kind of this gray area that, that we were talking about earlier where it's, you know, on the one hand, you want the developers to be rewarded for their hard work and that sort of thing. But you also need to have the gatekeepers um, be able to make their money as well. I'm very interested in seeing how this plays out. I want to know who's going to win the lawsuit. Are there going to be countersuits? What's going to happen? Because if I'm Apple um, or Google, I understand, I recognize, I identify that Epic is a developer that I want on my platform. Like Fortnite, yes, please, because you're going to make that much more money on there. So the relationships, I think, are going to be very important to maintain. Like you don't want to throw or you know someone under the bus. You don't want to necessarily burn those bridges. And I think when it comes to a company like Epic, like they have their Epic store, right? Their Epic store is something that came about after Valve did their Steam platform. And like, 
you know, Epic has been very aggressive in like trying to like, you know, compete in these different capacities and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, it's, it's always after like the big, the bigger, better deal type of situation. But, um, I am not sure where I stand on the entire thing. I'm still having to process through. I see points on both sides. Have you spoken to our friends at Jupium Mins? I have not, not about this. It would be interesting to talk to them because they made the game and they made a fantastic game. I've been talking about it for months. And, but someone else they had to go through with the game who was helping them. I don't, I wasn't very much, I wasn't involved, but publish it or distribute it or whatever they did. I don't, I don't know about that business. But then there was Google on top of that and Apple on top of that. So that's like their party, the party who owned them, and then two other like gatekeepers. That's four parties who are all making money on it. And as far as the little information I know, everybody, everybody walked away very happy from that deal. Yeah. And nobody is is living like close to the bone. Like they're they're happy. They are definitely happy. And so if that was the case and I am correct, then it makes me think of the hundreds or thousands or millions of other app companies who are smaller than Epic and Spotify who don't have nearly as much muscle to flex. And therefore they're not crying about it because they're happy where they're at versus some of these bigger guys who have a bigger audience and they are seeing that they want to make more money. And so they want, and as the way I see it is they want special rules for them. The only thing is that special rules really need to be hashed out to like the, the nth detail because all of a sudden everyone's going to want special rules for them. Well, and I think too, it's important to keep note of how like, like the, the, the gatekeepers themselves, like they, they built these wonderful platforms that have benefited a lot of, of these, these up and coming developers, like what I mentioned before. And I do think what is interesting is there, it is kind of the classic case of, Hey, how come that company has so much money? But at the same time, it's, it's due to the fact that they made a great product in Apple and Google's case. It's, it's the platforms that act as, as these hubs for these apps to live on and be sold and make money, that sort of thing. And so it's interesting in the sense that like, for me, like I said, way back in the day, like the only thing I was aware of is, is just, they make their money at like every time an app is purchased. I was not aware about the in-app purchases, which had to have come later on. Like, I don't know. I'll have to look at that. I w- I'm curious to know when they decided to, to also add that in. Um, and maybe it was always there and I just wasn't aware, but I do think that there, there is kind of a, it's, it's too strong to say, you know, like, like, like they're trying to demonize the company. I don't think that's what it is, but I do think when you have a company that makes a ton of money and, and it's again, that David versus Goliath kind of situation where you do want to try and, and um, take home as much of, of your own profit as possible. You know, I, I think that, it's a new wrinkle at the very least. It's a new wrinkle in the journey of the microtransaction because the microtransaction by itself has led a very turbulent and perilous life so far, uh, whether it's from the gamers who, who do not like uh, pay to win or um, the, the, the notion of having to pay more money, that sort of thing. Um, I think it's been this long kind of discovery process 
And that's another reason too, is that, you know, microtransactions, I think really started happening. If I had to guess like five years ago, so, somewhere around Longer there. Than that, I think, but, but yeah. But like it really came into its own, I would say roughly five years ago. And so I want to say Apple may have updated their agreements when it comes to that. Let's say, let's say roughly between five to seven years ago was when they updated that particular portion because microtransactions really didn't exist um, prior to, to that point. So we'll have to see. I, I, I'm going to look forward to, to having updates on this because I know that they'll, they'll have them as they, they move forward. But very interesting. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, which is spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M, and can consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming Adventures Live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see you next week when we talk about DC layoffs and fandom, not to mention Halo Infinite getting delayed until 2021. We'll see you then.